Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is high noon on a Tuesday. Time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So the Phoenix Suns fell to the Miami Heat last night, 113 to 112. Phoenix attempted four total free throws and made two. The two makes were the second fewest in franchise history. Here's Suns head coach Monty Williams after the game. When you look at the stat sheet, you look at situations like that, we only end up with four free throws for the game. You know, that, that is hard to swallow. I think it's the second lowest free throw total we've ever had in franchise history. In a physical game like that where everybody's bumping, we only get four free throws. You know, this is becoming really hard to swallow. And uh, you feel like you're, you can't even talk about it because you're going to be fine. What did you guys think about the game last night? And if the refs didn't respect the Suns? Uh, well, I think the, the free throw discrepancy is the joke. Like, I, I mean, how do you how do you have one team shoot 25 free throws and the other team only shoot four unless one team has just lost their mind and is just constantly committing fouls. Monty just said it right there. It's a physical game. It, it, it should never be that big of a discrepancy no matter which two teams are playing and no matter who it favors. It should never... I mean, it's not even the 21 more free throws, Wolf. It's like, look at the percentage. Yeah. It's not like, hey, it was 45 to 24. Not like that would be that much better. Yeah. But 25 to 4 makes it look like you're not even watching on half of the court. You know what's really interesting to me, is the fact that Miami Heat have a reputation in the in the association as being a very physical team. Would you agree with that? Yes. They, they love a, it. They, they, they love that reputation. This is, this is the reputation that they have. Do the Suns have the same reputation being a physical team? No, I guess not. Especially this year. What do you think of it? No Jay Crowder, of course. Yeah. No JaVale McGee. Do they have a reputation of being a physical team? They do not. And I always think when you have that reputation that it favors you when things get heated, when the intensity level goes up and you start getting physical. And that's what happened, especially in that fourth quarter. Man, it favored the Heat in a big way, and the Suns paid for it. But, again, you know me. I, I, I think too many fan bases feel like the officials are out to get them. But after a discrepancy like that, I need the apology from the league. You know how the league apologized a couple weeks ago and Jeremy Grant took 74 yeah. steps and like went out to his car before right. he took that last shot? And then they apologize, and that does nothing for you? I, I need the apology today. Oh, sorry, our officials were only looking at half the court. Sorry, we didn't. they weren't even walking down to the other half. Sorry, 74 steps, to. Luke. Yeah. 74. 74 73. Went out to the car. Yeah. I mean, got his keys. Forgot his keys. Came back in. Yeah. Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz will miss the rest of the season due to a knee injury. Here's NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Different situation for Zach Ertz, the standout tight end for the Arizona Cardinals, having a, as good a year as he's had maybe since 2019, really a resurgent year. He is out for the season, sources say, with a knee injury. Did not look good when it happened. It sounds like Ertz was pretty despondent after the game. He knew how serious it was. A really, really significant loss for the Arizona Cardinals. Do you think Trey McBride is ready to take over? No. No. <laughs> Sorry, Trey. I, 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 no. And, and, and he probably shouldn't be. 
I mean, you did use your first pick on him, the second your second round pick, your first pick you actual made. Uh, no, he's not ready to be Zach Ertz. You're talking about Zach Ertz here. Zach Ertz and Zach, he worked so hard in the offseason and was in the best shape of his life. That's according to Zach Ertz and was having a great year. 47 receptions, over 400 yards, four touchdowns. He was having a really, really good year and now it's over for him. No, you can't expect Trey McBride to be Zach Ertz or anywhere close to him. No, it's not going to happen. The Arizona Cardinals released backup running back Eno Benjamin yesterday. Kyle Odegaard, who used to cover the Cardinals for the team, reported yesterday the decision was made because of Benjamin's vocal displeasure with a diminishing role in the offense. What do you guys think happened? There's Maybe this is one of those things, Wolf, that we never know the full story, or maybe by tomorrow night at 9 p.m. we're going to know the full story because of hard knocks. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you, want, you want players that are unhappy if they're not playing, sure. especially if they're playing well, and Eno's been playing well, and you know we talked about it all during camp, and he talked about it, Cliff talked about it, the work he's put in to become a better player, and it was showing. So there's obviously more to the story than him just being like, hey, how about you give me a shot? You know, yeah. let me get out there. Yeah. It wasn't that. It had to be more than that. It's got to be something, something that was said, something personal that got personal. Many times in the game of football, um, there are emotional outbursts from time to time, but it's like anything in life. That emotional outburst is directed at the wrong person, and you're going to pay for it. And maybe that's what happened. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, who was the better running back for the Cardinals this season? James Conner or Eno Benjamin? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Who's, who's the better running back? Like, who's the better running back is James Conner. Yes. Who's been better this season before Sunday? I think you could have said Eno. After Sunday, I think you still have to go with Connor. Yeah, you know, uh, once again, um, I'm going to go with James Connor. I love Eno Benjamin, and I hope that he lands on his feet and goes on and has a great career. Um, but James Connor, I'll take him every time. Even with Pitt? Um, yes. All right. Okay, okay. So 56% say Eno Benjamin and 44% say James Conner. And then on this day, two years ago, do you know what happened? No. Hopkins to the left, three receivers to the right. Cardinals trail by four. They're out of timeouts. 11 seconds left in the game. First down at the Buffalo 43. Now the Bills drop two men back. 25 yards downfield. Murray back to throw. Flushed out. Rolling left in trouble. Slips a tackle. Got to launch it. He does. Left side. Into the end zone. Jump ball. And it is. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. You've got to be joking me. Hopkins reaches up with three defenders around him and pulls it in. And the Cardinals lead it 32 to 30 with a second left. So my question is, take that play out. What has been the best play that both of you have witnessed in your career? 
Oh my goodness, oh, wow. Mal. I thought you were going to say <laughs> the like in the Kyler Murray. Well, I tried to step it up because when I asked the Trey McBride one, I thought you were going to come through this glass at me. But <laughs> Okay, I'm going to continue. For me, I'm just going to keep this within the Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury era of yeah. the Cardinals. Okay. And it would be the. Was it that was a two point scramble? Yeah, the two point scramble against uh, okay. the Raiders. I'll go with that one okay. earlier. Actually, earlier this season. Can I go with the Music City Miracle? Can I go ahead and say that? Oh, wow, that you're the greatest anger play a lot I of think people. I've ever seen. Are you kidding me? In that situation, in that big of a game? Yeah, you know what? That's I'm going to say the Music City Miracle. That was nasty. Uh, you went big picture. Okay, Mike well, Ruzioni scoring against the Soviets in 1980. Yeah, no, you <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was trying to keep it a little more specific. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. When we come back, the Suns have dropped four of six. It's early, but the roster seems a little incomplete. So what do they need? Uh, what about the big guy from L.A.? Jay Williams gave us something to think about earlier in the show. And when we come back, we're going to think about it. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. No, no. It is Wolf and Luke on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, <laughs> this is not a planned segment before the show, Wolf, but Jay Williams, who we had on at 11, kind of took us down this path. So what we were going to talk about is, hey, the Suns have dropped four of six. It's early. A lot of teams that are going to be good this season have middling records right now. Even Miami last night, good team. They're seven and seven. Yep. The Suns are you know better than that right now, eight and five. But they've dropped four of six. You know What's missing? What's what's going on? Is, are you ever going to make this trade with Jay Crowder? Like You have an asset that's not turning into something, and some nights it seems pretty obvious. But then Jay Williams came on at 11, and before we could even ask any questions, said flat out, okay, uh, how about uh, how about this? I'm just saying, talked to a lot of people around the league. Is there like a way to get LeBron James to the Suns? <laughs> Devin Booker, CP3, and Aiden? Wait a minute. There's a lot of draft picks that the Suns have. There's familiarity with James and LeBron, um, you know, general manager. And, I, you know, I, I just, I get this inclination that I'm not sure the Lakers are going to want to be all in. I don't think they're going to be able to turn things around and there might be a rebuilding process. And in the process of that, who better than a trade partner than the Phoenix Suns who feel like they're always right there, but just seem to not be able to get over the hump. All right. I hate this. That ended up being the whole conversation. I have more clips from, from our interview with Jay Williams if we need them. But let's just, we didn't get to react to this, you and I. Will. Right. So you um, said you hate it. Why? Yeah, I, honestly, I, does it feel like you're basically selling your soul to do whatever it takes to try to win a championship? Because it's LeBron that, or the do Lakers? You think that makes, do you think that makes the Suns favorites to win a championship? LeBron James. Do you think that it, makes it, it them... It depends on, on the question If you tell you me asked. they're going to win a championship, I understand it. But at what cost? Well, At what cost okay, but did you are, really Are you win? saying because it's LeBron or because you're helping the Lakers it's out It's because, jam? honestly, if you told me right now as a former player, this is what bothers me. I don't want the icon. I want a teammate. 
as a former player, and I have to come from this perspective, it's the only perspective that I have, that of a player. I'm sorry. I'm fat. I'm 60. I get it. Yet at the same time, I want a teammate. I don't want a guy that is trying to be the general manager. I don't want a guy that is trying to be the general manager and the owner. Well, I don't want if he's a guy. That, the conversation's over. I, as I'm far just as I'm saying. Do, do you think he's going to change? <sighs> okay, hold on. Or is he going to come in and be the player? I, I will say this before we get into that part of the conversation. As far as it feeling dirty to make that move. Honestly, it felt a little dirtier to sit there and hope Brooklyn was going to fall apart and Katie was going to force his way out than just, okay, we made a trade for LeBron. Uh, I'd rather have You're KD than LeBron. Well, no, KD. I'd rather have KD than LeBron, but this situation would not feel as dirty other than the fact that you'd be helping the Lakers out because you would be if you're giving them picks and whatnot. Um, but it. Yeah, but what we what you just said right there, if it was only that, I'd I'd agree with well, you. And this is where we're but on the same isn't. page. If you're just getting if you're getting LeBron James, hey, LeBron's towards the end of his career, he wants another shot at a ring, he's a good friend of Chris Paul, he's a good friend of James Jones. Yes. He he respects Devin Booker. He was one of the first to yes. call out how good Devin Booker was years and years ago outside of this city. He was one of the first. And he's like, Hey, I just want to go there and play. I'm tired of it of of being of having to be everything. I just want to go there and play. Yeah. Then I'm interested in this. I'd be interested. If I'm getting, yeah, I want to come there and play, but I want to bring uh, Ray John Rondo, and I got a friend on the Cavs I won here, and you got to draft my son. Oh, get yeah, lost. My son, by the way. I want to play with my son. Okay. So, so that's You're going to have to do that as well. No. I, well, you know, again, you have to ask yourself, do you think you're going to get LeBron? Everything that LeBron is, and I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not. He's going to be an owner at some point in time. I believe that. He's going to be an owner and a general manager of an NBA of franchise. The team in Vegas that isn't there yet. I believe yeah. that 100%. I think that's where he he should be. Um, But now you're going to tell me he, he's going to start making personnel decisions for you. And he's going to bring his son in, little Bronny. Bring him in because that's what he wants. Well, you know what? You, you can't always get what you want, Bron. You can. If if you were going to tell me there's a situation where he would go and not make those sort of demands, it would be end of his career on a team with Chris Paul run by James Jones. Now, I'm not saying that there is a situation. He I may think get you're here, right about that. But I do think this think is the one are, place. I think you're right about that. And again, Luke, if you told me, and this is just me once again, man. This is just the former player in me coming out. If you told me he wanted to come to Phoenix to be a player again, to be a player, and not to be everything, the end-all, be-all to everyone and make all the decisions and have it his way. If he, if, if he wanted to come here and basically say goodbye to the game by being nothing more than a player and a teammate, oh, man, I'd be on that. I would be on that. But if you if you tell me he's not going to change at all, um, I'm going to pass. No thanks. He's still a good player. He is one of those 33 players averaging more rebounds per game than DeAndre Ayton right now. He's averaging, eight, he's averaging 25 <laughs> this points This is going to be game. the new watershed yeah. for Are you averaging more rebounds than DeAndre? Now, fine. LeBron's averaging more. Fine. LeBron's the top two player of all time. Uh, but some of these guys that are averaging more than DA, I'm not going to be able to get over <laughs> You are. This is unbelievable. This new list, it's Luke's list. you got to remember that. I don't Rick, need to see write that down. Kyle Kuzma. Luke's 
list. And Luka averaging more rebounds per game than D.A. But for LeBron, I, I don't think it's selling out to get a title. I think you got to do everything you can to get a title, but I'm not going to do it if it's going to destroy my team. <sighs> there are teams out there where it's like, and this is why this is such a weird conversation, because I know there are people driving around being like, seriously, you wouldn't take LeBron? I'm not saying I wouldn't take LeBron, but... There's got to be stipulations, and you just laid them out. He's got to come here. He's never been on a team where it wasn't his team. He's LeBron. It always should be his team. But this is Devin Booker's team. And Chris Paul got here, and, and talking about Chris Paul, and he knew, hey, it's Devin Booker's team. Even though Chris Paul has been their most valuable player at yes. times, it's still Devin Booker's team. Yeah. If LeBron comes here, is it still Devin Booker's team? Man, I would love to see it. I really would. I'd love to see that, man. How cool would that be if LeBron James said... I just want to be a player again. I just want to play. I want to be a teammate. I want to be a player. I don't want to. I don't want to sit there and try to manipulate the situation and try to actually bring personnel with me or make demands. I, I just want to be part of a team once again and say goodbye to the game that I love that way because. I'm going to be an owner at some point in time. I'm going to be a guy that is going to make all the decisions for an NBA franchise. I'm going to be that guy. But as a player, I just want to say goodbye to the game. Well, and the Suns are not a team that is, you know, you're kind of just... This is I'd not, be all over that. This is not the Suns five years ago where you got nothing going on and what, LeBron wants to come here? Yeah, let's give everything up to get LeBron. No, you've got something to lose right now. So it's got to be, it would have to be very specific. Okay, we're going to trade you a couple picks. We're going to trade you a player. In a way, we're probably helping the Lakers out and that's we're all going to need like nine showers to get over that. Financially. But, uh, <laughs> right. But, but, oh my goodness. But you are at least... And it would have to be specifically on those terms because the Suns, you don't you don't tear everything down for LeBron if you're the Suns because you're already a title contender. Um, but it would have to be on those terms. The only reason we're even giving this any credence is because Jay Williams obviously hears a lot, yes. and so if he's bringing it up, it's not like hey, this is happening. He didn't he didn't bring it up as like hey, I want to break some news. But if he's bringing it up, it's being talked about around him or around NBA circles. Yeah, and honestly, we we heard that it had been talked about in the summer too. Yeah, you know what? You might want to go ahead and refresh. <laughs> Just hit refresh. <laughs> Okay? Hmm. I want to update wherever you may be. The James Jones connection and the Chris Paul connection. <laughs> and another thing Jay Williams brought up, that you are close enough to L.A. where if he still has all his you know yep. side stuff in L.A., it's it's right there. He's still got his businesses in L.A. Big deal. It it's makes a, a lot of sense. 20-minute flight from here. And I would be interested if he just wanted to be a player. All right, I need to, I need a break after this uh, conversation. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Have the Cardinals finally unlocked Rondale Moore? They are going to need to. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, well, if this is how we're going to do it, we get six segments left in the show. Okay. So every segment, I'm going to give you five or six more players that are averaging more rebounds per game than DeAndre. Six, you say? The number yeah. of men. Interesting. Yeah, because he's 34th in the NBA in rebounds. So here's your first uh, list as we go into this segment, okay? Okay. Players averaging more rebounds per game than DeAndre. And he's tied with Jalen Smith. Remember him? Uh, Kyle Kuzma, John Collins, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Jared Vanderbilt. We'll stop there for now. Yeah. Lori Markin, and I'll throw him in there, too. Okay. <laughs> 
So, so all we'll those guys are next segment. Okay, all those guys are averaging more rebounds than DeAndre Ayton per game. Yes, I'm not even giving you the Thank guys you. around him like uh, oh, well, that's Josh okay. Giddy and. Yes, know, Aaron Gordon, and yeah, it's okay. Aaron De- Gordon. DeAndre Ayton should be a top ten rebound guy. Come on, he Aaron typically Gordon. is. Let's, okay. let's figure this out. Yeah, Steph Curry's not even that far behind him. Uh, Rondale Moore has been significantly better over these last three weeks. He is starting to take the step that it sure seems the uh, the Cardinals have been hoping he would take. Uh, all the times that you and I have talked to Cliff Kingsbury this season, um, uh, Buddha Baker's on NFL Network. I'm very distracted right now. Buddha's just up there, there talking is, about uh, being Buddha. Uh, so <laughs> Rondale Moore is a player that Cliff has referenced on a number of occasions when they weren't moving the ball offensively as, yeah, when we get Rondale Moore back, that's going to help too. Everybody was saying they get DeAndre Hopkins back. Cliff was obviously saying that too, but he also quite frequently would reference Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore has been big over these last three games in particular, and he was especially big on fourth down on Sunday. Here's Cliff. It was the matchup um, with Rondale on, um, you know, long. We thought Rondale had speed on that, the advantage, and um, got one-on-one, and he made a heck of a heck of a catch. Had some other options coming in if Colt didn't like it, but made a great throw and great catch. It's a game-changing play. Right now, have we ever seen a stretch of games like we're seeing from Rondell Moore? Have we ever seen this before? No. No. No, No, here's here's his last three games. Seven catches for 92 yards in the score against Minnesota. Okay. Eight catches for 69 yards against Seattle. Nine catches for 94 yards against the Rams. Okay. So in the two years that he's been here, we've never seen this three-game stretch. We've never seen a stretch where Rondell Moore has been targeted as often as he has and produced to the degree in which he has. No. So you ask yourself this right here. What is Rondell Moore becoming? What could this possibly mean for Rondell Moore? Because once again, confidence, and I don't care. I, you can sit here and you can look me dead in the eye and you can say, Ron, he was always this confident. He was confident like this when he was a rookie. He was confident like this. He's never. No, it's not like he's. No, you're wrong. You are dead wrong. Confidence is the currency of competition. Rondale Moore right now is experiencing, experiencing real growth as an NFL wide receiver right now. So what is that going to do for Rondale Moore going forward? It's going to make him a better player. It is. It's making him a better player right now. So you have to ask yourself, what are you going to become, Rondell Moore? And what's going to happen if, in fact, you get D-Hop, Rondell Moore, and Hollywood Brown out on the field together? It's called 11 personnel. Google it. One back, one tight end, three wide. Here we go. This um, That was supposed to be the receiving core for the season, right? It was supposed to be. DeAndre Hopkins is your clear number one, but you got Hollywood Brown over the top, and you got Rondale Moore, and teams aren't going to know how the Cardinals plan on using Rondale Moore, and you're supposed to have Zach Ertz, and that even just that trio. Oh, and James Conner, by the way. Yeah, and a really fast quarterback in Kyler Murray. This is why this offense was supposed to be dangerous. And, and Max Williams. And their, their starting offensive line, not, not a bunch of uh, replacements who played very well, actually, on Sunday, so I don't feel right calling them replacements. Now, um, you're not even going to have that trio of Hopkins, Ertz, and Hollywood ever play a game together this season now with, with Ertz out. But Rondale Moore, you, you asked, has he ever had a stretch like this in the NFL? Now, obviously a rookie last year. These are his three best games in the NFL, with the exception of that second game against Minnesota. Remember, he had the long touchdown, like the 77-yard touchdown against yeah, the Vikings. Right. But in terms of receiving yards, 
set that one aside for a second. These are number one, number two, and number three in his career, and they're all the last three weeks. <laughs> there you go. That's that is it right there, Luke. That is so well played by you. That's exactly what I was talking right, about, I'm out of though. Here. I'm done because honestly, you don't, you just don't recall Rondell Moore having a stretch like what we have seen from him. And the targets say so much as well. Just the the belief from Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy. They're watching it on tape. They're watching this guy. And the belief that is behind those targets is really interesting and says a lot about Rondell. Now, the issue facing the Cardinals, because they have to have a new issue each week facing them, they have not had a lot of uh, good fortune this season, is, yeah, Rondale Moore starting to break out, but Zach Ertz is likely oh, done for the year. Here's Ian Rappaport yesterday, right after our show ended. Different situation for Zach Ertz, the standout tight end for the Arizona Cardinals, having a, as good a year as he's had maybe since 2019, really a resurgent year. He is out for the season, sources say, with a knee injury, did not look good when it happened. It sounds like Ertz was pretty despondent after the game. He knew how serious it was. A really, really significant loss for the Arizona Cardinals. You know, Wolf, you said it yesterday. You're not going to judge injury severity based on somebody's face. But Zach Ertz looked like he was going to be out for a while when he was getting taken off the field on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, you know, typically... Typically, you are the first one to know just how serious the injury is, and you could see it. It was written all over Zach Ertz's face, and I wasn't the only one, obviously, who thought that. You you just um, had this really, really bad feeling. You hope maybe he was overreacting, um, but that, unfortunately, is not the case. And what a big loss. What a huge loss that is for the Arizona Cardinals. You're talking about a guy that had four. 47 receptions on the year for over 400 yards, okay, and four touchdowns. And anyone that watched this offense and knows how much this offense has struggled, imagine if Zach Ertz wasn't in the offense. Well, guess what? Now now you don't have to imagine it. You're going to see it. This is is bad. He has been arguably the most consistent piece of the offense this season, wouldn't you say? I mean, think about it. Kyler Murray's now missed a game. So, you know, James Conner missed a couple games. DeAndre Hopkins missed six games. Hollywood Brown has missed a bunch of games. Rondale Moore missed some games, and then he wasn't, you know, he wasn't rolling uh, when he when he first came back. Most of the offensive yeah. line has missed games. It's, yeah. it's either Zach Ertz or Kelvin Beecham. It's, Those are the only two guys yeah, that each no, week you're, you're right. like, oh, they'll be out there at least. Yeah, but again, Zach Ertz, so much more high profile, obviously. Um, yeah, you, you would have to say that, right? It is a, just a massive loss once again. If, in fact, offense was going to be the strength of this team— and I always believe that, especially when it was Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> with Zach Ertz, with James Conner, with Rondale Moore, um, A.J. Green, the last game, the two catches, A.J. Green. What, A.J., what are you doing? Where did that come from? Seriously. Um, Thank you, but what just, I just happened? I honestly thought the skill positions offensively for the Arizona Cardinals was off the charts. I thought it was going to be excellent. The the creme de la creme in the National Football League at the very top, the top three teams. And it hasn't materialized. 
but so much of that is due to the injury situation. Yeah. Uh, Zach Ertz leads the team in receptions with 47, leads the team in, in receiving touchdowns with four. But as far as players that have a catch this season for the Cardinals, he's one of four guys that's played in, in all 10 games, okay? Steven Anderson, who's not, Steven Anderson has one catch this year. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Greg Dortch, who has played, but not he's not typically out there as a receiver. Eno Benjamin, who's not on the team anymore, and Zach Ertz. Those are the only four guys Whoa. that have a catch this season that have played in all 10 games. Whoa. And now I don't even know who your most reliable piece is over the course of the season. Obviously now, going forward, it's DeAndre Hopkins, but that's a big blow. Alright, when we come back, Week 10 is done. More rapid reactions to the biggest storylines around the National Football League. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we're obviously moving quickly here because it's rapid reactions to Week 10, Wolf. So I'm only going to give you a couple names on the list of 33 players averaging more rebounds per game than DeAndre Hayden this season. Okay, we're giving you like five or six each segment. Okay, here it is. Here's a few more. Uh, Josh Hart of Portland averaging oh, more rebounds per game okay. than DA. Luka Doncic. Uh, what did you say? Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic yes. is actually, he's he's grabbing more rebounds than DA more per than, game. More than one rebound per game than oh, DA. Now, that's the one. No. See, that, and the reason that, we're bringing this up in the face. is DA typically averages double-digit rebounds. Typically, he's he's way ahead of all of these guys. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein and uh, LeBron. Okay. LeBron. I'll give you I'll give you more later. But now let's go around the uh, let's go around week wow. ten National Football League. And we talked about the Eagles losing last night. There are no undefeated teams left. This is the one that bothers me, Wolf. Um, this was Sunday morning in Germany. The Buccaneers win. They're five and five in that division. That might be enough. Here's Tom Brady afterwards. That was one of the great uh, football experiences I've ever had. So says a lot for 23 years in the league and for a regular season game. And I think the fan turnout was incredible. It felt like a very electric from the time we took the field. So uh, at the end of the game with them singing "Sweet Caroline" and uh, "Country Row," that was that was pretty epic. So I think everyone who's a part of that experience uh, got to got to have some pretty uh, pretty amazing memory for their life. So thank you for hosting us. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's just fun because the Seahawks lost. You know really, call what it is. Yeah, you know what bothers me about this game tremendously is the fact that Tom Brady only attempted 29 passes in this game. He was 22 of 29. 22 of 29. They ran the ball 44 times. We've been talking about Tampa Bay and the fact that they're not running the ball. They were dead last, dead last in the National Football League in rushing attempts per game. Dead last in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play. Dead last. They were horrific. And guess who they ran the ball against? Yeah. The Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks suck. Maybe they're coming back to earth. They did give the ball to Leonard Fournette at one point and said, try to throw this to Tom Brady. That was uh, that was awkward. Brady just fell down. The pass got intercepted, but it didn't ultimately matter. Buccaneers win. How about this one, Wolf? We didn't get to talk about this much yesterday because all the Cardinals stuff, and we were out there at the, at the Cardinals facility. We see the Vikings, Bills, Minnesota, 33-30. Here's Kirk Cousins after the overtime win over Buffalo. Yeah, I, I'd like to go back to work approach you know it's it's day to day week to week you're only as good as your last play your last game um 
certainly want to stack up the wins, and we've been able to do that for the most part. But uh, uh, being battle-tested is, I guess, what you take from it because you know come January you're going to need that. And um, and so having had that, I think, is the silver lining. Like I've said, I'd like to pull away from people more than we have and not gift teams opportunities like I felt the turnovers did today. But um, uh, the battle-tested part of it is what you pull from it and say that that can help us. You know, the Josh Allen fumble, I still can't get over that. Yeah, I was going to say, Kirk Cousins talking about gifting opportunities. <laughs> the game was over. Oh, my goodness. What are you doing? What? What happened? Oh, I've never seen anything like that. Anyways, I know everyone's talked about it. It's Tuesday. Um... If you would have told me Kirk Cousins had a quarterback rating of 71.8 in the park, Orchard Park, New York, at the Bills Stadium, 71.8, would you ever have thought they would have won that game, the Minnesota Vikings? Oh, my goodness. No way. And yet he threw for 357 yards. He did throw a couple of picks as well, still. Still Kirk Cousins. But, I mean... You see that catch by Justin Jefferson? Oh, my We should do four hours on that catch. (laughs) The Vikings beat the Bills, and they did it in unbelievable fashion. Um, Here's some more. And that's the only word you can use is unbelievable. Is anything believable? I was going to use it before you could, talking about that catch. Here's also some two other unbelievable things. Minnesota's tied for the best record in football. Oh, my goodness. With Philadelphia. And remember. beat them. It was Philly, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Philly beat them. Yeah. And the Cardinals could have beaten both of those teams within one score. The other thing, Minnesota, I want to make sure I get the stat right. That is seven straight wins by one score, which is an NFL record. So either they're really good in close games or their luck's going to run out at some point. But here's the other unbelievable thing, Wolf. Remember my idiotic statement that the Bills might not lose again this season? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, they're in third place in their own division now. So they've lost. Did you notice I wasn't going to help you on that? I was just going to let you hang <laughs> a little like, bit in that. Here, Wolf will because come out and say again, something I nice. Mean, you know my Wolf, bills. Wolf I love Wolf. my bills. Are you kidding me? But your third place bills. Um, six. What are they now? Six and three. Yeah, that's just because of the division that they're in. That they're technically in third. You got to be kidding me, Josh Allen. I would assume they're going to turn this around. But now you have that little asterisk too of like, how hurt is Josh Allen? How messed up is his elbow? Are we going to find out? Oh, yeah, his elbow was messed up all weeks when they lose in the first round to the Chiefs or something, or the second round? Yeah. Or is he fine and they're going to win the Super Bowl? He's fine. Okay. Well, that clears that up. How about this one? Uh, Lions over the Bears, 31-30. to Justin Fields afterwards. Um, we're putting up, what, 30 points a game. So, uh just finish when we get those, you know, late, late, uh, late game drives. What's missing from the finish? It's execution. Just finish. I mean, pretty simple. And extra points in that case. Like, anytime a kicker misses an extra point in a close game, you're like, okay, well, they're going to lose. How about Jared Goff? <laughs> It is alive. Alive, I tell you. 
Um, Detroit's a fun watch. Detroit, um, Rock City, ladies and gentlemen. Detroit, Rock City. Go ahead and Google it. I, I do, I do enjoy watching them play. Yeah, I'm going to admit it. Yeah, because anything goes. There's no. They're defense. all about the line of scrimmage. They are and playing hard on the line of scrimmage. And I've got to give, I got to give it up to Dan Campbell, man. I got to give it up to him and Chris Spielman. There's no doubt about it. This is a team. I this would be the football team that I would build. Oh boy. <laughs> this would be it right here. <laughs> Wolf's going to be assistant GM in Detroit have, tomorrow. We'd have a, a bunch of tough dudes who would fight you to the ground and just brawl you left and right. We're going to win a team fight. We just won't outscore you very often. That, that was basically their motto in training camp on Hard Knocks. Was like we're going to just you, teams are going to hate playing us. And they were kind of like if you look at Detroit's start to the season, they lost to Philly by three, but it was thirty eight thirty five. Like all of their games, yeah. they lost to Seattle forty eight forty five. They lost to Minnesota twenty eight twenty four. Yeah, in all these games, but couldn't finish. And then the Patriots beat them twenty nine nothing and just broke them. <laughs> they were just gone for a while. Yep, until uh, beating Chicago and Green. Bay. Is that a dance over there? No, you know what? It just feels like you're on the back of some steed and you're charging across an open field and you're pulling on the reins, right? You're on the neck of... Okay, just go ahead. No, don't let me interrupt. You just keep... Whatever you're felt doing. good to do that. Uh, Miami. Miami looks pretty good. Here's Tyreek Hill after a 39-17 win over Cleveland. What I tell y'all, number one is special. Number one. Oh, there he is. That's a surprise guest. Oosh. Don't fear for the win, baby. Cheat in the building. I'm out. Okay, Tyreek Hill was unreasonably high on Tua before the season. Yeah. Is he right? He might be right. He's not better than Mahomes. That was lunatic. But that, he's Tua's been really, really good this year. He's also been very fortunate on some passes. But still, that team, you know, talk about scoring 30 points a game. Miami seems to score 30 points every single week. Here's the thing about Tua Tungabailoa that you have to understand. He's got a quarterback rating on the season of 118.4. Do you understand that? This this is exactly what Tua Tungabailoa needed, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Just look I would what imagine that will help most uh, quarterbacks. Look what a guy will do for a quarterback and is for his confidence when he's got Tyreek Hill. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. A guy that can change the way an offense plays. Change the way a quarterback operates. Change the way... A team wins and loses games week in and week out to a point where now all of a sudden Tyreek Hill has turned around to a tongue of Iloa. And because of that, it's turned around the Miami Dolphins. Here are the top six quarterback passer ratings in the NFL, okay? Yes. I'm just going to start at one and read down, and you stop me when I get to one that you would have well, expected. Well, first of all, can I tell you, two has got to be one, right? He's one, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, but would you have expected that before the, the season? I would Never not have expected in a million that. years. Okay. Number number two on the list, this one was obvious, Geno Smith. Oh, Geno. Number two? Number three is Jalen Hurts. I wouldn't have expected that before the Jaylen year either. Hurts never. <laughs> number four is Patrick Mahomes. 
Mahomes. Okay, okay finally, Pat, finally some is. sanity. Okay. Uh, number five is Joe Burrow, and then number six is Jimmy G. <laughs> <laughs> you had to drop in Jimmy G for effect. And number eight's Jared Goff. What is happening? Oh my goodness. Where's yeah. Josh Allen? He's seven. Okay. So your top eight quarterback passer ratings, the only ones that make a lot of sense are Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen at four, five, and seven. Otherwise, it's Tua, Geno, Jalen Hurts, Jimmy G, and Jared Goff. Unbelievable. The NFL in 2022. What is is going on? All right, we come back. Kyler Murray, got to be the Cardinals' long-term answer at quarterback. Is he their answer at quarterback on Monday in Mexico City, though? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.